Welcome to the Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. As we turn the calendar into the year 2023, we'll be commemorating 20 years in the life of Rolling Hills Community Church. Anniversaries offer us the chance to reflect on where we've been, where we are now, and where we hope to go. Our church's calling has always been to be a people of God, reaching out, growing up, and giving all. How has God brought this vision to life in the past, and how can we continue pressing toward this vision in the future? Join us this January as we celebrate the testimonies, salvations, baptisms, miracles, and life change which has marked the last 20 years as Rolling Hills. Now, let's tune in. All right. Well, good morning again. Super excited to be able to open up God's Word together. If you have your Bibles or if you uh, have an app on your phone or whatever you, your device, if you want to open up to uh, the book of Acts chapter 1 is where we're going to be. If you don't have a Bible, we'd love to give you one this morning. We have uh, a couple out at the Next Steps table that's in the, in the gym where you came in. Uh, so if you want to go grab one of those, that'll be our gift to you this morning. You can join us as we read through uh, Psalms over the next several weeks. Uh, we're, we're working through in our Next Steps, as, as Sam said a second ago, in Next Steps we're working through, or Daily Steps we're working through the Psalms uh, and January, February, and I think all the way through March. So you can, you can join us in that. It's a, just a good time to jump in there. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if you know this about me. Some of you are new, so you, I know you don't know this about me. Some of you have been around me for a little while, so you may know this a little bit about me. And this is one of those things that I'm not sure I'm supposed to confess in, these, in this kind of setting. I should have probably run this by my wife before I said this out in front of everybody. Um, but she's not in here. So I think she's working in the back. So, oh, no, she is there. So now she's really nervous. She's really nervous about what I'm about to say. But um, anyway, we're going to go for it. Um, so one of, the, I have, one of the things that I or struggle with, one of my, really my only flaw, really, my only flaw, uh, is that I'm, I'm fairly cynical. Right, I have this, this one flaw, I'm cynical and, and just kind of the way that when I hear people talking about things, sometimes I roll my eyes and none of that, it, it doesn't come out near as much throughout the year. It really rears its ugly head like right around this time of year. And it happens most of all when I hear somebody five days into the new year, new year, new, year, new me, you know, droning on about some new life adventure that they're embarking on and how like everything's new, how they found new freedom and new joy that they've never experienced because of this resolution, how they feel so much better, how they're becoming a totally new person five days into the year, how they're, they've, for all of their lives, they've done this one thing, but now all of a sudden they're changed because the calendar changed and there were fireworks and now things are different, right? Like, for instance, you know, like somebody who uh, literally spends more time at Target than they spend at their home declaring that they're never going to go to Target or Home Goods again. I'm like, you, you, you have an itch that breaks, an itch and a rash that breaks out on you when you don't go to Target once, once a week, right? And you're going to all of a sudden never go for the next year. Maybe, maybe you decided that you're going to stop Googling uh, your symptoms when you have something that hurts. <laughs> Like that's not happening, right? You, you may make it a month, but, but it's not going to happen. Maybe you, you know, there's list and list of things that are going to happen. Actually, a couple of years ago at the office, uh, there was a handful of folks, uh, Kendall, who was leading up here a second ago, she was actually one of these. They came in with um, these huge water bottles. I mean, it was, like, it was like they were like replacing the big water bottle at the office, right? And it had like on it how much you were supposed to drink throughout the day. Like you had to be, to the, anybody else have these, right? And so I told Kendall, I was 
like, there was like 10 of them, I think, that all had it. I, I, she may have been the one that kind of started the trend. And I said one day in my moment of cynicism that I have a hard time keeping in, I said, those things will be gone in 14 days. <laughs> and she did not think I was funny, one. <laughs> but I wasn't wrong. So <laughs> 14 days later, Minus her, I think she probably stayed. Kendall, I don't know where you are. She probably stayed with you. Might still have it. I don't know, but she she probably stayed with it longer than anybody else. But this again, I guess, is the best time as any to let you know, Kendall, that when you would walk away from your desk, I would fill that back up with a little water. <laughs> like you haven't gotten to that point at lunch. I'm joking. I didn't do that. I just am sad that I didn't think about it until later. But seriously, I, I, I do, I love the new year, right? I, I do love the new year, and the, but, but that new year, new me kind of idea, I, I'm, I, I, it just gets on my nerves a little bit, right? And, but right now, I guess for me, I, I'm going to do my best to be serious for the rest of our time together. You know, new year, new me, serious in 23. Starting right now. And so, but I, I, I do, like I, we've talked about this, I encourage you, Pastor Jeff said this last week, I encourage you, I think it's a really good thing for us to find those things as a family and as individuals that we kind of, we're going to focus in and say, this is important for us over the next year or so. And, and actually, Pastor Jeff mentioned one last week that resonated with me. And so we adopted it as a family and as we're going to focus on eating tacos every Tuesday uh, throughout 2023. And so far, we're crushing it and we've got a meal plan for the same thing this next week. Seriously, sorry, I, I said I was going to be serious. So new, new year, new me, only serious in 23. I, I, um, there, is, there is really, I mean, it, it is a good thing for us to do that, to, to, find, to slow down and to, and to focus on those things that are important. Right? And not just, uh, not just as individuals, but as a church. I, I love the fact that right now we, it's not cliche for us to begin the new year kind of reviewing and thinking about and looking at the vision that God has put on our hearts as a church and who we are and, and recommit to those things, recognize and reflect and, and recommit to those things that are important. And so it, what we're talking about over the next several weeks is, is reflecting and, and remembering and, and recognizing and recommitting ourselves as a church to the things that are important to what's kind of the central, the DNA of who we are as Rolling Hills Community Church. And from the very beginning, Rolling Hills Community Church, our vision statement has been this, a people of God reaching out, growing up, and giving all. And if you have your worship guides, you want to follow along and fill in those blanks, that's totally fine. They'll be on the screen. But we've been a, what we've said, our vision statement has been we're a people of God. And last week, Pastor Jeff talked about that, what it looks like to be a people of God. And we're a people of God reaching out, Growing up and giving all. And this week we're going we're gonna, to, in the breaking that down, we're going to talk about what it means to reach out. So what, what is, why is that a core value of the church? So kind of the three questions I want to work through over the next little bit is, why is this a core value for us as a church? Why is this at the core, the DNA of who we are? What, what does it mean to be a people of God that are reaching out? And how does that, what does that look like practically as, as a church and as individuals in our lives on a day-to-day -day basis? And again, we said our, our kind of our central passage this morning is Acts 1.8. And, and just, to, just to go there, I think it will be on the screen. It says this, that the writer says, but, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Let's pray before we dive in. Jesus, we thank you so much for this morning. And we do, God, we I thank you for laughter 
And, and I thank you for time. Just we, we can joke and, and, and kid about things, about New Year's resolutions and New Year, New Me. But God, we do recognize that you are the one that makes us new. And we trust in you. And God, we pray that you would, in these moments, as we just reflect and, and remember and recognize all the things that you've done and, and reflect on what's really important. And God, we would recommit ourselves as individuals and as a church to what's truly important for us. And we would focus on you, that we are your people, your children. And God, you've given us this call to reach out. And so God, as we explore that from your word this morning, let, God, I pray that you would open our eyes to what that means and what that looks like on a day-to-day -day basis as a church and as individuals, as your people, as your children. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. So we start with the question of why. Why? It's one of those little things, and it's one of the things that I love about our vision statement is that it's right there in the beginning. This reaching out is in, in the very first spot. We're a people of God reaching out. And, and I think not all the time does order in things make, mean more than it means, but I think right now it, in, in this particular instance, when a vision statement, when we talk about reaching out being in the first spot, we're a people of God, and what do we do? We reach out. I think it means a lot. It matters that it's in the first spot because a lot of times, and I can tell you right now, we're on that edge of that spot where, where a lot of times churches begin to not reach out, but they reach in. They begin to turn into themselves. They begin to look at, uh, look at inward and, and focus on all the stuff that's happening. And, and we're on that, that trajectory right now where we're in just a couple of months, right? We're, we've talked about this a couple of times where we're, 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 we think that we're going to have a new building. We're, we, I don't know the timeline of when we would move in there. I would say it's August or, or, or September or something like that at this point, maybe the end of the summer. But it looks like... That's what happens to churches a lot of times is when they get those places, they get comfortable and, and they begin to look, at, look inward rather than reaching out. And so right here, one of the things that is so important to me is that in our vision statement, it's not this last thing that we talk about. It's the very first thing that we talk about. As a people of God, we reach out. It matters where it, where the order of it in this pa or in, in our vision statement. And, and if you look back at the passage, why is this core to us? Because it's foundationally core to what God would give us, the, the call that God would give us in his, in his word. When Jesus says that you're going to be my witnesses, we talked about this, and if, if you've been around, you remember me saying we've talked about this a, a couple months ago. He could have said anything there. You will be my worshipers. You will be my, my disciples. You'll be all these things. But he says you're going to be my witnesses. And what, what that indicates is that at the very core, the very, the very foundation of who we're going to be as the people of God, as he sends them out, is that we're going to be people who reach out. It's the calling that he's placed on our lives. And it's also, if you have your worship, God, it's, it's the pattern that Christ established. When we answer the question why, it's because we're following the pattern that Christ established for us. He established this, this, this pattern of reaching out. Jesus himself tells us clearly that this is his core value. Luke 19, verse 10, it says, The Son of Man came, not, came to seek and to save the lost. He came, he, he came to reach out and to seek and to save those who are lost. And so this is core to who we are because it was core to Jesus' ministry as he established that ministry. And we're people of God who reach out today because the Son of God reached out first. That it's a part of who we are. It's a part of the DNA because it, he established it. Christ shows us what it meant to reach out when he came to restore the broken, 
to, to, to restore the broken relationship that was caused by sin because of our own rebellion. Christ is the one who modeled this for the church as he's the one who leaves the 99 to reach out and to rescue the one. We reach out because Christ reached out first. It's a part of our DNA. It's the core. It's in first position in, in who we are as a church because it's what Christ did. It's one of my favorite passages, one of my favorite, not passages, but books, uh, books ever. I, I think I, I quoted this same passage back during Christmas, but I, it's worth reading again uh, from a book um, by Sally Lloyd-Jones. It's called the Jesus Storybook Bible. And she opens in the very first uh, part of her book, she writes this, that the Bible is most of all a story. It's an adventure story about a young hero who comes from a far off country to win back his lost treasure. It's a love story about a brave prince who leaves his palace, his throne, everything to rescue. And you could replace to reach out to those that he loves. It's like the most wonderful of all fairy tales that has come true, you see, because the best thing about this story is that it is true. There's lots of stories in the Bible, but all the stories are telling one big story, the story of how God loves his children so much that he came to rescue them, to reach out and to rescue them. It's what we do. It's who we are. It's at the core of, of our DNA because it's, it was at the core of the DNA of Jesus' ministry. It's at the core of, the, of, of who God is as you read the Old Testament as one who reached out to rescue his people and to restore that relationship. So that's the why. Why is it, why is it number one, in the position? Why do, we, why do we spend so much time? Why do we focus on it? Why do we make sure reaching out is in the spot that it's in? Is because it's what Jesus did. And we want to follow the pattern that Christ has given us, that he's established for. But there's two other things as we kind of, what, is, what does it mean for us to be the people of God that are reaching out? And how we do that? There's two other things that I kind of want to walk through. And the first one is this. Ways that we do that is, is, is this, that we, pri we do it by prizing the gospel that changes lives. Again, if you have your worship God, we do it by prizing the gospel that changes lives. And let me explain what I mean by that and maybe share a story that will help us understand. A couple of years ago, I think it was during COVID actually, during like the right, right in the middle of COVID, I, Rebecca surprised me with a gift for Father's Day. And we usually don't give like big gifts for, for Mother's Day, Father's Day. Uh, maybe somebody needs to take me to the side and explain to me why I should do that in the future, be some marriage counseling or whatever. But we usually don't do that. But, but on this particular, she gave me this grill for Father's Day. And it was nice. I mean, I was really jacked about it. One, I was surprised, and so that's why I was excited. But it's also just, it was a nice grill. It was one that, I, like, I'd looked at for a long time. I really wanted it and, and didn't really expect to get it. But it, I, was, I was pretty excited. I mean, I spent a lot of time putting it together. That wasn't because I didn't read the directions. It was because I, I wanted to take my time. We'll go with that. And, but I, I spent a lot of time just making sure things were right. We used it a bunch. It was on this like prominent display, probably more, less practical, more about being seen on the deck out back. You know, every time somebody came over, I really thought that they came over to see the grill. And so I would satisfy their desire to look at the grill and we would stand out by it and turn it on and watch it smoke and do all those things. I, 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 it was a prized possession for me. I really loved it. And, and I'm slightly exaggerating for the point, but. But the reality of what, we, what we're talking about is, is why do we do, what, what does it look like for us to be a people of God that are reaching out? It's when we prize the gospel 
the way it was meant to be prized, when we value the gospel the way it was meant to be valued, when it's important enough to us that it is, it's what we talk about, it's what we think about, it's what we share with others. And it's twofold for me. And, and what, I, what I wanted to grab, I want us to understand, it's this prizing the gospel as, the, as, as what changes our lives is one, remembering that it was the gospel that changed our lives. It's when we prize the gospel, prizing the gospel means remembering that it's what changed our lives. And, and listen to me, we will never be people who prize the gospel, who are reaching out, who are reaching out the way that God's called us to reach out and, and, and has given us that command. There will never be the people who reach out until we understand, until we grasp and prize the amazing grace and mercy and extraordinary love of the God who reached out to us. When we grasp this, when we understand that we were those who were in the pit, we, we needed God to, to reach out and, and to pull us out, as, as Sam shared from, from the passage where David needed God to rescue him. There was nothing else that could happen. There was nothing else that he, he had all the resources in the world at his hands. He could, not, he could not rescue himself. God rescued him. And until we were reminded, until we grasped this amazing grace, this extraordinary mercy and love, of God that reached out and rescued us will never be people who prize the gospel the way that we should and reach out in response. And secondly, not only is it remembering that we were, we were in need, but, but the second part is that we hold fast to the truth of the gospel, even in a culture that rejects it, even when people that we love reject it, that we value it to the extent that no matter what, no matter when, no matter where, no matter why, no matter the cost, we remain faithful to the gospel. And what our, what our culture needs is not Christians who give in a little bit and, 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 and take off parts of the gospel that may, may offend people, but we hold fast to the truth of the gospel. And when we prize the gospel this way, we'll be people who reach out to others because we recognize that they, just like us, need the gospel to rescue them. They're in need just like we were in need. There's so much to say about this particular, about, about prizing the gospel. I feel like I could preach a whole sermon and probably have on, on multiple occasions, but we need to move on. But I will kind of say this and just kind of transition. When, when we prize something, when something is of great value, when we, when we prize it the way that it should be prized, it's something that we talk about. And so what does it mean to be a people of God who are reaching out? And how does that look? First, it means that we prize. And second, it means that we proclaim we proclaim the good news that is our only hope. To reach out, listen, we, first it starts with prizing it, personally recognizing that I am in need. Secondly, reaching, prizing it as, as the truth and holding fast to it, but, but proclaiming this gospel, reaching out to the lost and the hurting. And, and listen, we, I think the churches, and, and we've probably done this on, on occasion, it's something that we want to guard ourselves to, but, but reaching out to a lost and hurting world without the message of the gospel is like handing somebody a cinder block when they're drowning, when really what they need is a life preserver. Without the gospel, we're not helping anyone. We can proclaim lots of things. We can claim, hey, our church is really cool. That's awesome. But that's not the gospel. It's not going to change their lives. You can tell all of your friends that your pastor is so awesome. <laughs> Thank you for the laughter. That's not going to change anybody's life. The gospel is what changes lives. 
We prize that gospel and we proclaim this good news. Our only hope in, in this life is the, death, is the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Our only hope is the Son of God, the spotless Lamb who came to take away the sins of the world. Our only hope is the gracious, merciful, unsurpassed love of God to, that came to rescue the helpless, restore the broken, and redeem the lost. Our only hope is Jesus and the good news of the gospel. And I'm going to say a couple things that I, I believe are going to get into some of our business a little bit. And there's a good chance that a handful of you are going to get upset with me, but I'm okay with that. And I, I'll tell you this, just kind of two things in, in, in this, in asking you to, to potentially wrestle with some things that could be uncomfortable as we point to some places that I think we put our hopes in that are not the gospel. I would say this first. I do so, I say these things out of love. And secondly, when I'm asking you to wrestle with these things, I promise that I'm either wrestling currently or have wrestled with them before I say them to you. And so listen to me, even though some of this may be a little uncomfortable, I'm convinced that some of us are, are more convinced that lives can be changed by essential oils over the gospel. I'm convinced that some of us are convinced that we think that lives can be changed through our own goodness, our own good works, through charity relative to others rather than the gospel. I believe that some of us are convinced that lives can be changed by financial security other than the, rather than the gospel, with the right relationships rather than the gospel, with good grades or good scores on certain big tests rather than the gospel. I believe that some of us are, are, are convinced that the right or the, the new technology will change our lives rather than the gospel, that a new diet will change our lives, that a simple understanding of your Enneagram will change your life rather than the gospel, that out, outstanding performance in some sport will change your life more than the gospel, that a political system or a politician will change your life more than the gospel. That any number of trinkets and toys and possessions will change your life more than the gospel will change your life. And the reason why I'm convinced that many of us hold these things higher than the gospel is because it's what we talk about. And what we value, what's most important to us, what we prize is what we proclaim. What we value is what we proclaim is what we share with others. And I'm not saying, listen, I'm not saying that any of us do this intentionally. I'm not saying that you're walking around being like, the gospel doesn't do it, Enneagram does. I don't think that many of you are doing, I don't think that you're walking around with your essential oils being like, let me just wipe this on your head and forget about the gospel. That's funny. I know the essential oils people are like ready to attack. But I got my frankincense on, so y'all gonna stop before you get up here. But we do it all the time. Parents, we do it to our kids when we talk about grades more than we talk about the gospel. When, when they know, when we spend more time talking about their grades in school, that what, either by the volume of the, the conversations or the volume of the conversation, they can, they can pick out that what's most important to us is their grades, not necessarily how the gospel's changing their lives. 
Well, the reason I know that this is the case, the reason we, we do that, I see this happening. And again, I don't think that we do this intentionally, but over and over, I think that we do it for our kids and to our classmates, students, to our coworkers, husbands. I think we do it to our wife and wives. I think we do, you do it to your husband over and over. We talk about what's most important. And if the gospel's not the thing that's most important, then we've missed it. And we're never going to be the people that are reaching out until we prize that gospel. And what we prize is what we proclaim. We prize the gospel above all things. And when it's our sole source, it's our only hope, when we, when we understand that it is, we will, we will stop throwing drowning people cinder blocks and throw them the life preserver that they need. The gospel of Jesus Christ that will rescue them. So a couple other things that I want to say just about reaching out and what it looks like in this proclaiming aspect. That one in the proclaiming, we say this all the time. But if you have, if you're part of Rolling Hills and maybe you're, maybe you're new, you may you may have not seen this yet. But we have a missions guide. The, that just talks about what, it, what missions looks like at Rolling Hills and talks about our national partners, our international partners with Justice and Mercy International and, and the work that's happening, but also the community and neighborhoods and those kind of things. And really what we talk about is what is the sphere of influence that you have? Where are you at? And some of you, the gospel, the reaching out for some of you as young parents and with young kids in the house that are, that are just kind of exploring what it means to, to walk with Jesus, you're... you're in sphere of influence is your kids at home. Some of you, it's your neighbors and your neighborhood, the, those, the, the, the people that work in the stores and the places that you visit all the time. It's your community, the sidelines of your team, of your sports teams and all the, maybe your school and those kind of places. What's the sphere of influence that God has put you in? And before we start talking about going to Phoenix or Atlanta on a mission trip, which I think that you should do those things, but make sure we're doing it within the sphere of influence that God has already placed us in. That we reach out in the places that God has put us in now, in those circles of influence. And if, you have, if you're like, hey, I don't know what it means to share the gospel, that's awesome. Listen, I've got this right here, God's good news. It truly is a resource for you to help walk through the gospel with somebody. We have these out of the next steps as well. I, what, what I want you to hear in that reaching out is, man, it is, it's where God's put you first in that circle of influence. And if you need help with that, man, we would love to walk you through and help you walk through. And, and for me, my circle of influence does extend to you guys. And so some of you, I'm hoping that you're hearing this right now, that, that you've recognized, man, I, I hear what you're saying, but I don't know that I've ever put my faith in that Jesus, in that gospel that you're talking about. And I would love to have a conversation with you about what it means to trust Christ and to put your faith in Jesus. So that you can understand what, we, what we're talking about when we say prize the gospel and understand it's our only hope to rescue us. In your attempts to try everything else and know that it's failed, Christ has come to rescue you. So we reach out where you are. We reach out and it's an act of love, loving others. It's an act of love. Jesus tells us to love others. He says right first, you love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And your second commandment is like it, to love your neighbors, to love others. And so we proclaim the gospel. It's an act of loving others, not because they're lovable. It's not because they've done things to deserve it or earn it. We didn't do anything to deserve it or earn it. I wasn't lovable, right? You can ask my wife. There's maybe once or twice in the past 18 years that I wasn't lovable, but she still loves me. 
We love people. We proclaim the gospel because Christ tells us to love our neighbors, because they were created in his image. So it's an act of love to proclaim the gospel to those who are unlovable because we were unlovable and he showered his grace on us. Reaching out involves creativity. As a church, uh, this is part, this is one of those things we, we talk about on a, on a regular basis of just in, in, in dialoguing about how we're going to be a church that reaches out and we're going to do so in ways that are creative. And, and one of the things we say all the time in, in our conversations is we're going to be creative and we're going to, we're going to change the, the method without changing the message. Okay, so I want you to hear, we're going to change the method without changing the message. Holding on to the cores, holding fast to the, to the truth of the gospel, but changing the method in which we reach out. We're going to do that on a regular basis. It means being creative and how we share, how we, and not being creative for creative sake, not for our own glory, but for, for the opportunity to reach out and to invite people to come and hear the gospel, maybe in creative ways. It's the reason why from the very beginning, when in, in January of 2021, when we decided, when, when we launched this campus and, and the conversations of that leading up to our actual launch in September, we began by saying we want to be for the city of Columbia. And we're going to do creative things to be involved in the city, to be creative, to be involved in our community and say, we're here for you, Columbia, for the growth and the betterment and for the glory of God in the city of Columbia. We're going to be creative about how we do that. That's why we do First Fridays and have a family zone right there in our office that we have for right now. But you know what? We're not going to have that office forever. And so we're going to have to change the method without changing the message. One of our first events, some of you were here because of it, was a family zone at a big Mule Days, Mule Days, right? It was Mule, no, it was Mule something, Mule Fest. I don't want to get shot for the wrong festival. It was about mules, but it wasn't a day, it was a festival. We said we're going to be here for this, for this community. Thousands of people, that, I'm not exaggerating, thousands of people came through in those two days. And some of you, again, are here because of that day. We're going to be a church that does things. We're going to, not for creativity's sake, but creative to be able to share the gospel. And that's not just new for us. That's part of what the DNA of who Rolling Hills is. And, and just for a second, I want to share a video with you guys of, of a family that did this years ago. I think we have the Father-Son Bowl video. A family that did this years ago. So just watch this. Father and Son Bowl is, is a community flag football event for fathers and sons, but also uncles and nephews, grandfathers, grandsons, and mentors and mentees. It's a, it's a way to get together and have a great time playing football, but to be encouraged and, be, and for us to point people to the ultimate father and son, God the Father and God the Son, and to what, what he is and, and who he is and how much you know, he loves us and cares for us. Another part of that too is, is helping fatherless kids through the, some of the money that we raise for the event to work with Justice and Mercy International to support those kids, 413 Strong, Franktown Open Hearts. There's so many things we could say as far as like how this is kind of just over the years, it just has grown. When we started in Franklin, we had about 120 players that first year. That was crazy to me. I thought, how can we even do this? And then every year it, started, it would grow. And so we expanded fields, we expanded the whole thing. And we actually, have to close registration. We max out every year, we sell out. And right now, because of field space and all of that, we're about 800 players. 
MVP started uh, seven years ago. We wanted to give back in our own community and help uh, the fatherless in our community. And so we have reached out to organizations in our local community and they come out and bring their boys. Some of them are fatherless, some of them just have some absentee fathers, but they come out and they play and we treat them like MVPs. And this year we're so excited to add our special needs community. Ultimately, again, our, our goal really is to not just to have a flag football event for men and boys, but it's, it's to point fathers and men to Christ in order to help that next generation to leave a legacy. You're the one that can make that change and, and to help encourage them to make that change and then move forward and leave a legacy that will impact generations, and, but immediately you know, within your, your own family. The heart of it is, again, to champion fatherhood and encourage men to be the loving and strong leaders that they're created to be, and then they can make a difference and make a change if they need to in their life to leave a legacy for eternity in Christ and leading their, their entire families to the hope in Christ. Father-Son Bowl started, but there's a, a gentleman here this morning that Darren met at a, a Papa Murphy's Pizza. Yeah. Uh, he was working at Papa Murphy's Pizza and invited him to play. And he played that next year with his dad and has played every year since then. We'll play this year. He's getting married in February. I'm doing that wedding. And he's here because of Father-Son Bowl. Changed the method, right? A unique, creative method without changing the message. And, and I, I can tell you this, that right now, one of the things that I'm most excited about is we turn this corner and say, hey, we're, we have an opportunity in the next several months and we, we're gonna continue to, to do outreach events and those things. But as we move into a building, I'm giving you a little bit of a taste of some of the things that, man, I believe God's gonna give us opportunities to do. I don't know that Father Son Bowl will be one of them. I'm not gonna stop it if, it, if, it, if we wanna make that happen because I believe that's an awesome and incredible opportunity to reach dads and kids and fathers and sons, men and boys, to be able to share the gospel, to prize something that we prize, to be able to proclaim to those who are in need. Without, without watering down the message, we're gonna use this method to do that. We plan to do that as, as with all the things, there's so many things that as we're thinking about how do we use this new building as, we, as God opens those doors for us, we're going to do lots of things that are going to, going to be intentional, intentional in reaching out to our community and saying, we would like for you to come and hear this message that changed our lives and we, can believe, we believe it changes yours. And I can tell you this, that in, and just as we're, we're going to reach out without losing focus, we're going to keep, we're going to fight to keep the gospel central. We're going to fight to make sure that secondary matters don't complicate or, or, or cause chaos in communicating what the gospel truly is. And I promise that we're, I promise that we're gonna fight for it. I promise that we're also not gonna be perfect, but it's gonna be our target. So we communicate the gospel clearly. And so I know some of you, even as we've announced this and uh, Chalice is the place that we're gonna, uh, Chalice Church will be, and, and that's off of, oh shoot, Casey Lane, Carrie Lane was what I, yeah. So Casey Lane, it's over by the college. So some of you that are coming from, from uh, Spring Hill or maybe uh, Thompson Station. I, listen, I know that that's a long way. I know that that's a long drive. 
And, and I, I'm, I'm going to say this out loud, right, as we move towards that year, like six months or so, and we get to that spot, I'm going to ask you to not just automatically be like, we're out, we're not going to drive that extra. We need you. I need you to be there and be a part of this. And, and, and maybe it is a longer drive. Maybe it is a, a little bit longer to, to get there on Sunday mornings. But we need you to be a part of this. Not so that seats are filled. I love seats to be filled. But so that people can be welcomed. So that, that people have a place that they can come and be welcomed. And you can be a part of welcoming those people in. You know, we said this in the very beginning. And it's the same thing that I believe right now is so important for where we are and what we, what, what's next for us is that, that there's lots of people who have moved into this area in the past year or so and they have a house that they live in, but they don't yet have a home. And we want to be a place, a part of God making this their home. And maybe it's because they don't know Jesus at all and this becomes home and it becomes a place where they meet Jesus. Maybe it's because they've moved and they haven't found a church and this becomes their home because they found a church and a community here. I don't care why they come, but we want this to be home for them. And we need you to be a part of that as we move to this location in, in the next several months. And even though it may be a little bit more taxing to get there for you, that you commit to being a part of that being a part of making it home for somebody else as somebody's made it home for you. The last part of this, and if you have your worship guides and I'm gonna invite the band to come uh, and we're gonna close out with one, one more song is, is this, that, that we do this trusting in the Holy Spirit to empower us for the mission that he's given us. We do this trusting in the Holy Spirit to empower us for the mission that he's given us. It goes back to Acts 1.8. He says, I, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And in that you're going to do this, you're going to be my witnesses, you're going to reach out. It, the first part of this is that we, we're not doing this on our own. We're relying on the power of the Holy Spirit within us. And so I know that sometimes it makes you nervous. These conversations about reaching out can make you nervous. But we, we don't do this on our own. Holly, do you need this here? Here you go. Sorry, I needed to. We don't, we don't do this on our own. We do it with the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us. We rest in him. And so I, I, I'm just a reminder of that, that you're not alone, right? Matthew 28, uh, verses 19, 19 he, says, he says, go and make disciples. And then he tells us, he promises us that he's going to be with us wherever we go. And what joy, what, what peace is found in the fact that God is with us in this journey. As we reach out, we're not alone. We're not walking out to do what he's called us to do alone. We're going with the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us, with him giving us all that we need. I'm so excited about what God has in front of us because I'm looking back and all the ways that God has done and how, how our church at Rolling Hills across all of our campus, how, he, how he's used Rolling Hills to reach out to people who are here today at, at all of our campuses this morning and had never heard the gospel, but their lives have been transformed. I am so excited that there are gonna be people in seats just like you're sitting in, in the next six, eight, 10, six, eight months, two, three years, 12 years, 20 years, as we celebrate 40 years, there's gonna be families, kids who have grown up and their lives have been changed because the gospel was proclaimed because it was prized by people, by you, by people in this room, it was prized and proclaimed and we reached out and lives were transformed.
Let's sing this song just kind of as a time of reflection. And you can stand if you want, but really just as a time of reflection is we just, God, would you open our eyes to what it means to proclaim, to speak Jesus, to proclaim the gospel in the lives of those that you've put in our circle. And God, use us as a church to speak the name of Jesus, the gospel, the truth that transforms lives over those who are in need. Let me pray and then we'll sing together. Jesus, we love you. We thank you that you loved us first, that you love us best and you love us always and that your love never fails. We thank you that you reached out to us first. When we were in the pit, when we were desperate and without hope, you didn't throw a cinder block on top of us. God, you threw us the cross to rescue us, to restore what was broken, to redeem us. God, use us to be your witnesses, to reach out to the lost and the broken. In our sphere of influence, use us as a church to reach out to our community. God, I can't wait to baptize and to share stories over and over of lives that were transformed by your gospel as your church, your people reached out the way you called us to. It's in Christ's name we pray, amen. That's the end of the episode on the Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast, part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network. Make sure you click the subscribe button so you'll never miss a sermon. Also, don't keep this sermon to yourself. Share it with your friends and family. If you're interested in learning more about Rolling Hills, go ahead and download our app. Follow us on social media or visit our website at rollinghills.church. Happy New Year and happy 20th anniversary, church. We hope you'll continue to join us this year and beyond as we keep reaching out, growing up, and giving all together.